This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Years ago, I got a phone call from Susan, my wife. And she, um, you guys are awesome. Um, I, got a, I, got a, I got a phone call from Susan, my wife, and I was at work and cranking it out. We were living in New York, and she said, uh, she said, um, she said hey, uh, the kids were wanting to know if, uh, the kids were wanting to know if we were going to have cake tonight. I may have told you guys this story before. Um, and I, and I, said, uh, I said, oh. And she said, yeah, they were just wondering if we were going to have cake tonight. And I said, why, why would we have cake tonight? Well, they were just wondering if we would have cake for my birthday. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember if I told her then, yes, we're having cake. I'm picking it up on the way home. You know, I'm leaving right now. Or if I got off the phone and told everybody, it's Susan's birthday, I'm leaving um, but somehow we managed to find some cake to eat on the birthday. Um, I'm, I'm titling my sermon this morning, um, Don't Forget the Important Things, You Idiot. <laughs> you ever felt that way? Who, <laughs> who's, the, <laughs> who's, the most, who's the most forgetful person in your family? Can you, you me? You just, just elbow them, point them out, point them out. Have you ever forgotten something that bad? Well, the next year I got Susan this great, like, purse bag and we just filled it with like all kinds of really good stuff and she said you can you can forget my birthday every other year if like every other year I get this kind of gift you know and I'm like okay all right well in in Ephesians 2 pick it up in verse 11 um, we see that, that Paul is wanting the Ephesian Christians to remember some stuff to remember some important stuff and, uh, and I want you to see this with me uh, this morning, uh, and, you know, and maybe we won't forget the important things. And so the sermon title, I'm not calling you idiot, I'm calling me idiot. You get that, right? Ephesians 2, let's just read three verses together, picking up in verse 11, 11 through 13. Back row, can you guys hear me okay back there? How's it, how are we working? Okay, right on. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that your spirit would speak personally and powerfully to us through the, these three verses. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In these three verses, there's two commandments, but it's the same commandment. It's remember. <laughs> remember your wife's birthday. Because it's going to go a lot better for you if you do. But, but Paul wanted the Ephesian Christians to remember something else. And what did he want them to remember? Well, bottom line, here's a summary of what he wanted them to remember is remember where you came from. 
Remember where you came from. This is the first idea this morning. We see it in verses 11 through 12. Look at it again with me. He says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh. I mean, just pause there. What, what is a Gentile in the flesh? Well, that means any person that's born that's not a Jew. Essentially, that's what a Gentile was. Any person that's born that wasn't a Jew. And a Jew is God's chosen people, known as Israel. When you read through the sacred scriptures through the Old Testament, you see that God had a unique, special, chosen relationship with Israel. And so they're called Jews. They're called the people of Israel. They're called God's people. There's a number of names used to describe the Jews. And anybody that wasn't born a Jew is considered a Gentile. And so here he's writing, and he says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. Now, what's that about? Well, on the eighth day for every Jewish boy, he was circumcised. So, I mean, what is that? What is, it was a, a, I mean, most of you know what circumcision is, but it's a removal of the foreskin on male genitalia, all right? That's circumcision. But there's a, it was a mark for every Jewish boy saying, man, you are, you are undeniably part of this family. Undeniably part of this family, and so he's writing to these Ephesian Christians, and he said, um, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. In other words, not a special part of God's family. You weren't marked. You weren't set aside. You didn't have that, you didn't have that done to you, indicating that you were someone special to God in that way. He says, by what is called the circumcision. So all the Jews would look upon the Gentiles, not, not the special people of God. You think racial tensions are bad today? The Jews and Gentiles had significant racial tensions, but they were spiritually motivated. They're like, we're, we're, the Jews were like, we're God's special people. And you Gentiles, you are the uncircumcision. You do not have the mark. So he's describing, Paul's describing to them where they were, where, what, where they came from. And he says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. I think that phrase in the flesh by hands, it's like Paul's doing this thing where he's going, okay, circumcision was a really big deal because it identified who the special chosen people Israel were. But then he says that, that little phrase there, which is made in the flesh by hands, I think he's like saying, okay, circumcision was this unique, special mark. But now I think he's downplaying it in this phrase to say, well, circumcision can be just a, a fleshly thing done to a person. But in the New Testament, what we see is that, is that the term circumcision is actually a spiritual term talking about what God does to our hearts. And, and, and so here I think he's saying, he's saying like, okay, you were here, but, I, but Paul's like, but I can't even talk about circumcision without talking about its newest, fullest meaning. And its newest, fullest meaning is it's spiritual. It's not just this physical mark that separated God's people. Now it's spiritual and anybody can have their heart circumcised. Anybody can have their heart broken over their sin and made new by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So it's like a little, just a little piece there that it's like he can't talk about it without saying, oh, no, circumcision is like a bigger deal than and what we said, but, but he's saying, I want you to remember where you came from. So, so why, is it, why is it a big deal for the Gentile Christians, those that weren't born with this heritage of being known as God's people, why is it a big deal for them to remember that they weren't born into the chosen family? 
Well, it's because God's people had this unique, special relationship where, let's, let's go on and we'll unpack it. Paul continues his thought just to explain it. So look at this with me uh, in, in verse 12. He says, remember that at one time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. So you weren't a part of this family. You were alienated from this family and strangers to the covenants of promise. I think that's why he wants them to remember you were Gentiles. You were uncircumcised. Because of this phrase, strangers to the covenants of promise. In other words, God's chosen people, the Jews, they had God's word. They had the Ten Commandments given for them. Those ten privileges to, to help them to walk in freedom. They weren't ten constraints. They were, they were ten boundary markers to help them to know what does it look like to flourish as a human being. Here's ten guideposts. To help you do that. So those commandments were given to the Jews. So they had the guide that led to flourishing. The Gentiles didn't. It was given uniquely to the Jews. And so he's wanting these, these Gentile Christians to remember, hey, you, you didn't even originally have it. You, didn't, you weren't originally given the guide to flourishing. You weren't originally in, in the family. You didn't have the covenants of promise. So what are the covenants? Well, God had a covenant with Abraham. And he told, he told Abraham, he said, he said, your descendants, your lineage, the Jewish people, right, right um, they're going to be more numerous than the stars of the sky. Right? That's what he, that was, and that was a promise that he made to Abraham, this, this covenant with Abraham. In, in, in the Mosaic covenant, he made this, this, this covenant with the, the Mosaic covenant where with the, with the invitation of obedience, there were these commandments of promise and blessing. And, and now, in the New Testament, there's the new covenant. And the new covenant is that by the Spirit of God, His Word is going to be written on our hearts. It's a radical new covenant that's given to us by the Spirit, the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And so there's these covenants of promise. And he's saying, look, Gentiles, remember, that didn't even... That didn't even belong to you originally. <laughs> but, I, but I made you, I saw you, I wanted you, I adopted you, and I grafted you in. I brought you into my family. You weren't a part of my family naturally by your birth, but I gave you the rebirth so that you could be a part of my family. So... So you were, you were separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the covenant of promise. You didn't even know what it was about. You didn't even know what the sacred scriptures were about. You didn't even, you didn't even know. Like, you didn't, nobody was bouncing you on, your, on their knee when you were a kid telling you the faithful stories of God. Like, you, that was not your lineage. That was not your heritage. Your great, 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 great grandfather wasn't telling you about how, they came, about how their ancestors came through the Red Sea. That wasn't you. But now it is you. Because now you've been made a part of the family. I, I, do we have any Yellowstone fans in the house? Yellowstone? I, like, I don't know if the preacher should talk about Yellowstone, you know. It's not the most wholesome television show, so I'm just going to go on record and say I'm not recommending or endorsing Yellowstone, but let's just use it as a sermon illustration. Can we do that? Okay, okay thank you, thank you. I think it, it starts back up. Season three? Tonight? Is that right? Season five. See, I don't watch it. See, a... <laughs> Yellowstone, there's like this 
ranch and there's this family and they live on this ranch. And um, like if you're born in the family, you're born in the family. Um, um, but then there's this brand that for the people that they really want to be in their family, they brand them. You know how you like brand a cow to say a cow belongs to me? They do that. I know it's pretty cruel. Here's a picture of Jimmy. Anybody Jimmy? Anybody a fan of Jimmy? Here's Jimmy's brand. Ouch. You see his brand? And like you can, I mean, like you can use this illustration one of two ways. Like you could, you could, you could say, okay, like the brand was like circumcision. You know, and, and like there's this physical thing that identified them. It, it, it identified them as part of, part of the family. Um, but, but I actually think like, I actually think the, the, that the brand is like a better illustration of the spiritual circumcision that happens in our heart. Because you've got like all the family, right? Beth and I don't know the other dude's names. What's the son's names? Somebody? Jamie. Jamie, thank you. Thank you. Somebody's like, I don't want to acknowledge I'm watching Yellowstone. <laughs> Some of you guys are having watch parties tonight. I know what's going on. All right. So, um, so anyways, you, so you, like you got the family, but then you've got these, you've got these other people that John Dutton, that's, a dude, that's Kevin Costner's name, right? Is it John? John Dutton's like, I want you to be a part of the family. And he gives them this brand to say, you're, on, you're in the inner circle. You, there is loyalty here. You belong here. Don't ever forget that, that this, is your, this is your new family. And that's what, um, that's what Paul is wanting to say. You weren't the circumcision. You weren't born into the Dutton family, right? Like you, like you weren't born into Israel. Um, but when the Spirit of God came and awakened your heart and opened your eyes to see your need for Jesus, when the Spirit of God broke your heart for your sin and showed you you were a sinner in need of a Savior, when the Spirit of God gave you the gift of faith and you put your faith in Jesus, it's like you were branded forever. Son of God, daughter of God. And Paul's saying, remember that. Remember you weren't born into the family, but God made you his family and his grace. Remember that. Remember where you came from. And then just the second idea this morning is simply this. Remember what Jesus did for you. Look at verse 13. We do, let's just walk through 11 and 12 and then get to 13. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers of the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. It was a pretty desperate situation before Jesus came into our life. We, we talked about this in previous, in previous weeks, but if you think you have a boring testimony, you don't understand the Bible. And some of you may say, no preacher, I got saved when I was seven. I have a boring testimony. You don't understand the Bible. Because when you were six, you were without God. You were separated from Christ. You had no hope. Well, I grew up in a nice family, and they loved me, and it felt like a hope-filled place. Yeah, but you didn't know who God was. So you didn't know how desperate your situation was. You weren't thinking about eternity. You were just thinking about your toys when you were six. So you were hopeless and without God and separated from Christ, but you didn't know the gravity of it. So when you were awakened to faith in Christ, it was a miracle. It was an eternity-changing journey that happened in your life. So don't ever tell anybody you've got a boring testimony. God did a miracle in your life. You were the uncircumcision, and he broke your heart. 
You are not in the family, and he put his brand on you to say you're mine, and nobody's taking you away from me. You were without hope, without God, separated from Christ, but now Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So what did Jesus do for us? Look at verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Paul doesn't want us to remember the great sacrifice. He doesn't want us to forget, rather. He doesn't want us to forget the great sacrifice that Jesus, he, did, he doesn't want us to forget how much God loves us. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, and that he laid down his life for his friends. God didn't want us to wonder if we were loved. God didn't want us to wonder if we were wanted. He wanted us to know without a shadow of a doubt, and nothing says love like, I want you to be a part of my family so much, I'm going to send my son to die for you to make it happen. I'm going to send my son to stand in your place as your substitute, and he's going to take my wrath so that you get my grace. That's how much I love you. The blood of Jesus. Look at verse 13 again. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Don't forget that he shed his blood. Don't forget that the crucifixion was a, an ugly Wicked, horrible way to die. Uh, the scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so in order to make us part of the family of God, Jesus had to go to the cross. And Paul says, remember, just remember. Um, some of you are like, man, I, like, I want the to-do list. Give me something to do, preacher. <laughs> well, remember. Yeah, that didn't feel like doing anything, does it? It's like, just like, remember. Well, check, check this out. Later in the book of Ephesians, and when Paul wrote this, it was like intended to be read the whole book out loud all together as one letter. Later in the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul is going to tell the Christians um, how to be honest. He's going to tell them how to work. He's going to tell them how to talk. He's going to tell them how to think. He's going to tell them how to sleep. He's going to tell them how to have attitudes in their heart. He's going to tell them how to handle their sex life. He's going to tell them um, how to treat the church. He's going to tell them how to handle jokes. He's going to tell them how to handle alcohol. He's going to tell husbands how to act toward wives and wives how to act toward husbands. He's going to tell children how to act toward parents. And he's going to tell them how to handle spiritual battle. So, so where does he get off, like, telling them all that? Like, what's that about? Well, the whole, the whole theme of the series is roots that lead to fruit. And so he's saying, I want you to remember you weren't, you weren't the circumcision. You, you were separated from God. You were without hope. You were separated. You had a desperate situation. It's important that you remember that because I'm about to tell you how to live. And none of that's going to make any sense, and it's going to be tone deaf, and it's going to fall on deaf ears unless you marvel at what's happened. Unless you're absolutely blown away at what's happened to you. It's not me telling you what to do. It's just going to fall on deaf ears. So there's four reasons why we remember. The first is just assurance. Some of you need assurance this morning. You need to remember that Jesus died for you because you need the assurance that you're loved by God. You, you, need, you just need the assurance that he hasn't forgotten about you. You just need the assurance that you are a part of the family, and it's not about what you've done, but it's about what Christ has done 
for you. You need the assurance. Why else? We need the humility. We need to remember where we came from, and we need to remember what Jesus has done for us because of the humility. Have you ever heard about an athlete who forgot where he came from? You know, he forgot about the playground that he grew up in. He forgot about the neighborhood that he grew up in. He forgot about the town that he grew up in. And he's big stuff making millions now, and he forgot about where he came from, the arrogance. And so sometimes we need to remember where we came from just so that our hearts remain humble. But I can't get away from this. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember what Jesus has done for us so that we delight in God. That's our mission here at Real Life is delighting in God and discipling others. And I can't think about, I used to be separated from Christ. And I used to be without hope, without going, thank you, God. You are amazing. Oh, how I love you. I delight in you, God. You came looking for me when I was totally uninterested in you. Oh, your grace, God, you are so good. Delighting in God. So one of the reasons Paul wants us to remember where we came from and what Jesus has done is just so that our hearts will leave here today delighting in God. Not delighting in all these little shadows and echoes and unsustaining idols of our heart, but delighting in the one true king who upholds it all. Why should we remember what leads into the roots and the fruit? When we remember what God has done on our behalf and we remember where we came from, then when, then when we hear God beginning to tell us how to think and how to work and how to talk and how to handle jokes and how to handle family life and how to live in the church, it all makes sense. In other words, living for God makes sense when we realize what God has done for us. We're not offended. We're not offended that God wants to tell us um, how to think in like the attitudes of our heart. That doesn't offend us. That makes sense because no Jesus shed His blood for us. He created us. We belong to Him that way, and then He bought us with this, the blood of His Son. We belong to Him twice. So of course it makes sense that He's going to tell us what to do, so that we might represent Him and reflect Him and, and live for Him. Right on, church. My grandmother um, had the terrible disease that. Many of you have family members that have suffered with, but Alzheimer's. And um, when she was declining with her Alzheimer's, she, um, there was kind of this moment where we, like, we didn't know if like, things were getting dangerous for grandma, you know? And so like, we came together as a family and we were just trying to make hard decisions for grandma. And, and so we, we decided that we would just kind of get on a rotation and where somebody, a different member of the family would go over and stay with grandma. And then the next day, somebody else would come in. And the next day, somebody else would come in. And the next day, somebody else would come in. And you guys, like, it was like this, it was like this mixture of, like, hilarity and sadness. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's so sad because the grandma that you just love, like, she's losing her mind and she doesn't remember things. It's just such a wicked disease that Jesus is going to wipe out one day. Um, but, it, but there were funny things, too, you know, like the, the things that were funny that she would tell you a hundred times over, you know. But it was hard because most of it wasn't funny, you know. So the things that she's telling you, you know, and like if she's having a bad day, then what she's talking about, it's like you hear about it not two times, like 222 times. And she forgets that three minutes earlier she was told you about the bad thing that happened, you know, and it's just over and over again. But um, we named our daughter Lily after my grandmother, Lily Mae. And so when, when it got really hard on, on when, it re- when it got really hard on my my, on us, and when it got really hard on my grandmother, we would just remind her that we named Lily after her. And she, um, 
because she forgot the three minutes before we told her that, every single time we told her that we named our daughter after her, it was like the first time she heard it. And she was just absolutely delighted. She's just so tickled. She just couldn't believe it. Oh, you're kidding, you know? And it's like, well, and your heart like laughs and breaks all at the same time because, um, and so she, she couldn't, she couldn't remember. Um, and so we reminded her. You know, sometimes spiritually, that's, sometimes spiritually that's where we live. I just don't remember. We don't remember, we don't remember how bad it was before Jesus stepped in. And we just take it all for granted. We just, we just don't remember. We don't remember what it felt like to be without hope. We don't remember what it felt like to be separated from Christ. We, we don't remember what it felt like to be totally confused with trying to make sense of everything. But when you don't have Jesus, that's where you are. When you don't have Jesus, you, you're without hope. You're confused about trying to make sense of what's true and real. And I mean, look at our world. How confused are they about everything? That's why we're here, church. That's why we're here. So we gather in this place to remind each other, remember, remember, remember where you came from, remember what Jesus did for you. And then we scatter from this place today to announce to the world. It can be different for you. It can be different. The family of God is waiting. The peace of God is available because Jesus shed his blood for you. Right on? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we, um, the, your teaching this morning is so simple and so clear, and it's just to remember. And we pray that you would be gracious to us, and by your spirit, you would help us to remember. And whatever remembering needs to help us do today, we pray it would it would have its purpose so Lord would you help us to remember where we came from and help us to remember what Jesus did for us we give you the glory for it in Jesus name all God's people said amen hey let's stand to our feet let's sing out thank you for listening we trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today we hope to see you on Sunday very soon keep it real keep it Jesus